Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. Brad, we are back for another episode this week. More football. You know, every time now for the rest of the year, every time we get on this podcast, we'll be talking about football. Definitely. And uh, I think we know the biggest story this week uh, was with the Ohio State University. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the handling of the Zach Smith allegations and uh, the handling of Urban Meyer. Uh, ultimate decision was a three-game suspension. I just wanted to come out and uh, say something after I've had a couple of days to kind of take everything in. Yeah, you know, I heard uh, people were telling me that you were ghosting them. So I want to hear what your, what your thoughts are who after. Is, <laughs> who is doing that? Okay. <laughs> No one's ghosting here. You know why? Because I'm not going to run from anybody who wants to come at me for being a Buckeye. And I, and I will say, number one, that this is where I am at right now with this entire situation and how I feel about Ohio State moving forward. I personally am moving on. And whether or not everybody else wants to judge that or everybody still wants to talk about this or everybody still wants to talk about what it's like to be associated with the university that would make that kind of decision, whether or not you want to judge that or not. I am letting you know that as a passionate Ohio State Buckeye fan, I am moving on. And I am ready to now focus my attention on where my heart truly lies, which is with this football team, these group of kids who have been working their tails off their entire lives to play football for the Ohio State University or any other major university. This is where they put their passion on the line. And we're going to be just fine. Now, a lot of people have been saying, well, yeah, it was just a slap on the wrist. I get it. A three-game suspension may not send the message that a lot of people wanted to be sent. But at the end of the day, the university did the best with what they had, with the information that they had. The judgment from the media is really what bothers me. Because I understand where the frustration is coming from. And I understand where... Everybody is upset about the decision. I get it. This is a hot-button topic. Domestic violence is no joke. And that's something that I want to put down right away, is that that it is absolutely a serious issue. Whether or not Urban Meyer handled it correctly or incorrectly, it was never identified. We can assume from what was given to us whether or not it was handled correctly or incorrectly. He said he could have handled it better, and he probably should have. And could have. And I'm not going to sit here, even being a member of the media, I'm not going to sit here and tell you whether or not he did or did not deserve to be fired. I do not have an opinion on that because I was not involved in this situation. And neither was anybody else. The only people involved in this situation were Urban Meyer, his staff, the board of trustees, the president, the athletic director, Zach and Courtney Smith. And this situation was handled how it was handled. This is not a reflection on my character as a Buckeye fan. As a Buckeye fan, my heart belongs with the state of Ohio, the school that I grew up loving, and again, this athletics program that not only myself, but my entire family have put a lot of their heart and soul into, and for good causes, for good things. And it's unfortunate that this happened the way that it did, but I'm ready to move on and get to talking about I mean, we're less than a week away less than from a week. kickoff. We're, we're less than a day away. Well, less than a day away from a couple games. Yeah. But, I mean, we got we got Big Ten football kicking off less than a week from today. Yep. Miles, I love your statement here. I just want to say one thing. I just want to say it real clear. I just felt like that was the biggest waste of time 
all that could have been done, not your statement, but the whole no, no, investigation could have been done in a, in a couple of days because I'm over here sitting, I'm like, yo, they're going to fire him or he's good. They're going to fire him. I was not expecting three games, maybe like half the season or fired. Three games. I just, man, I was like sitting waiting on my phone, waiting for updates. I finally get the update and go, three games? And I put my phone away. I was like, okay, what a waste of my time. <laughs> <laughs> it was overlong. Uh, and, and, yeah. and, you know, as as a uh, graduate and as a fan, it, it, it was uh, it was a stressful day and it was a stressful time waiting for the decision. Uh, whether or not I was happy with the decision is kind of where I'm at. You know, don't don't assume that every Buckeye fan, you know, has our heads up high and that we're happy about this decision. Either way, I'm going to side with the, univers- the university in, in the decision that they decide to make. Did I want Urban to be fired? No, I didn't. Because Urban Meyer has meant a lot to me uh, in ways that people will never understand, and I and I get that. But you know, it, it, it's at, at at the end of the day, it was about just kind of like you said, it, it just let's move on. Yeah, the decision has been made; it's been handled down. The scrutiny is there. The media have had their say. We get it, and I can tell you, as Buckeye Nation, we get it. And for many of the, you know. Anybody who wants to come out and, and, and talk badly about the university, that's fine. We've, as Ohio State fans, and I'm sure, Brad, you can attest to this as Bama fans, we welcome the hate. Yeah. And we welcome those comments because it's, it's not going to break us. And, and, and as Buckeye Nation, it's not going to break us down. And, you know, we're, we're getting back to supporting these kids who are ready to put their hearts and their bodies on the line to represent the Ohio State University. They're so close to being able to go out there and put their blood, sweat, and tears in that field for all the hard work that they've put in throughout their careers in this uh, four-week training camp period. It's almost time. It's almost time to suit up, put up and shut up, put the drama behind you, and play. Yeah, and Brett, I appreciate you letting me speak. Let's let's go ahead and jump in here. Let's, let's start with the NFL. We got another really good division to get into here. The NFC South have three... Playoff teams from 2017 representing the division. I think it's going to happen again. I think it's going to happen again, too. And, and uh, to be 100% honest, I think the Vegas Osbakers got this one correct. This is my first time, I think, where I think the order is absolutely correct. And I think Atlanta, I mean, let's go start with New Orleans. I'm putting my money on New Orleans. Uh, despite the fact that they're not going to have Mark Ingram for the first four games, that is going to change their offense a little bit because although Alvin Kamara is great, that Running back duo of Kamara and Ingram is, is is just you know that's something out of this world two thousand yeah. two thousand yard uh, running backs, but Saints defense is one of the most underrated defenses in this division. You have a good solid defense. You have good running backs. You know, as you have. A Hall of Fame quarterback, Drew Brees, a surefire Hall of Fame quarterback, because you could say that maybe Matt Ryan, maybe Cam will be in the Hall of Fame one of these days, but none of them are surefire quarterbacks, surefire Hall of Fame quarterbacks like Drew Brees. And this is a very rare situation for me, you know, looking at the odds that I would be fine placing a bet on either of these three teams, New Orleans, Atlanta, or Carolina. I think any of them can win the division. The Saints are the favorites at plus 150. The Falcons are very close behind at plus 160. And Carolina is not that much farther behind at plus 230. Now, just to kind of, you know, I want to go against the grain a little bit here. I'm going to go ahead and pick Carolina to win the division. And... The biggest reason for that for me is just the parity within this division, okay? Because I already picked the Jacks to repeat in that division. Um, 
I just think that, well, the Panthers haven't won the division since they went and made the Super Bowl, right? I think that was the last time. Uh, 2015, the, I think. No, I think the Panthers won it, what, three seasons ago? So I guess really? it's 2015, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, um, I like, okay, so I, w- I was looking at Carolina's team. The The defense is a little suspect. They still have Luke Kuechly there, but I just, I'm still a huge Cam Newton fan, especially when he's healthy. They were also without Greg Olson. They're basically their number one pass catcher last year. For Added DJ season. Moore. Adding DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel is going to break out this year. Devin Funchess is really coming into his own. Their backfield is actually stacking up to be pretty solid with a three-headed attack. Christian McCaffrey, I think, is going to take a huge step forward this year. He's going to get the bulk of the carries, which I would like. Uh, C.J. Anderson and Cameron Artis-Payne also in that backfield. So I think it's pretty solid. You know, it can't compare with the one-two punch of Kamara and Ingram. But I'm going to tell you right now, with Ingram being suspended for four games and heading towards the back end of his career... If, if you look at the stats from last year in the second half, Mark Ingram's carries went down dramatically once Kamara kind of came onto the scene. Yeah. And I feel like there's still going to be a one-two punch there, absolutely. But I feel like a little we saw Peyton Manning eventually lose it. His last year in the league, he lost it. I don't know if that's going to happen with Drew Brees this year. I'm not saying it will. I'm a huge Drew Brees fan. I'm just saying that it's a possibility. Yeah. Okay, to be honest, um, no offense to Atlanta. Uh, if you want to talk about running backs that are, uh, you know, losing their step, I'm not saying Freeman's lost a step, but he's going towards the back end of his career and he's their yeah. lead back, you know? And, and I don't and think Coleman I don't, is only meant to be a complimentary. Yes. Back. I don't think Coleman stacks up to McCaffrey, mm-hmm. doesn't stack up to Kamara. And I'm excited to see McCaffrey this year because he's a lot like, remember how I said Derrick Henry want, needs to have the ball in his hand often? Yeah. McCaffrey is yes, definitely that. He needs touches, and especially in the passing game. Yes. McCaffrey needs to find his groove in the passing game. Yes. More importantly, that's where he shines. He complements that with the running. We saw it at Stanford. He has the ability, I think, to be one of the best playmakers in the entire league. Yep. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this because I have to talk about my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everybody, even Tampa Bay beat writers, um, every analyst is down on the Tampa Bay Bucs, say they might not even win as many games they won last year. You know, I'm going to tell you the surprise team to look out for in this division is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to have a, a, a huge uphill climb starting those first three games with Fitzpatrick in. But last year, when Fitzpatrick started three games, granted, one was versus the Jets. He went two and one. We play the Steelers, who we don't know what what they're going to come out with this season. You know, they're always always bound to lose one yeah, game to a subpar team. They have the Eagles. Uh, Eagles O-line. I know that they had two O-linemen out last game. This is the preseason game versus the Browns. That O-line sucked. Oh, Foles it, looked it, awful. It, it, didn't matter. It, was, it, it didn't matter. It was preseason. They, I don't care that you said one or two of your guys is, is, is subbing out each time. They looked bad. There's winnable games in there. New Orleans, it's a rivalry game. I think that this year, we don't, we don't have the pressure from hard knocks. We don't have the pressure from everyone on our butts. I think that we're going to be a surprise team. We could sneak away with nine wins this season. We do have a tough schedule, but you have a quarterback who's he's he's never had anything to prove. You know, being coming from being the number one overall draft pick, he 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 kind of felt I kind of felt like he thought he was as good as he was instead of working at it. He's coming off a suspension, and people have written him off. He lost sponsorship deals. He lost he, people lost faith in him. People are calling for us to draft a new quarterback. I feel like he's going to come out slinging it this year. Possibly nine wins. I mean. When when you said surprise team, I thought you were talking maybe like seven, like six or seven. What's the difference between seven and five? Though? I mean, I'm just saying if a five win team, seven. if a five win team 
win seven games the next year, that's no surprise. They're still under 500. I will say that looking across the board at the um, impact players and at the playmakers in this division, the Buccaneers are starting to stack up. Yeah, especially, got, on, especially on defense. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, but, I mean, Ronald Jones could be a Rojo. huge impact for them. Yep, O.J. Howard in his second year. Yeah, O.J. Howard in his second year. Cameron Brait really had a good Cameron year last Brait, year. Um, my bad. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, yeah. another year of getting that uh, familiarity. They do need stability with Jameis. They do. They need no controversy, no suspension, no injury. No weird if turnovers. Jameis, yeah, no weird turnovers. <laughs> if Jameis can just get a year of stability, yeah. maybe a year or two, I still think he's got it. Yeah, I do I too. I still think he has the ability. I, I do too. It's just there's so much bonehead going on through his brain. And uh, it's just maturity, I think. Uh, that's all it stems out to be. So let me ask you this. At plus 900, are you putting a bet on the Bucks To win the division? <laughs> Whoa. Nine wins is not going to win this division. It's going to be another 11-win team. So It is pretty no. alarming to see the odds drop there when, no. once you get to the Tampa <laughs> because Bay Buccaneers. Because if you look at it, all three of those teams at the top, they're all capable of being 11-plus win teams. Yeah. The Bucks to win nine games is like them winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, these teams, the other teams, if they win 10 games, it's a disappointing season because that means they lost six of them, you know? Yeah. So do you have the Falcons finishing second? Um, I have the Falcons finishing second. Uh, the only reason is I just think this passing attack is going to be lethal. Mohamed Sanu, everything he catches, first down. Julio Jones, big plays. Now you had Kevin Ridley, who's one of the best route-running rookies coming in. Yeah, well— We'll see what happens with Matt Ryan this year. I, you know, I I feel like they were kind of a dis- they were a disappointment for me in the playoffs. Oh yeah, for sure. They had a tough matchup at Philadelphia. I get that. I think this opening game is going to tell us a lot. Falcons Eagles, man, t- t- talk about a game where we can really set the tone. I for think the, the Falcons are going to destroy. Really? Because what are they going to start? Nick Foles? They're going to start Carson Wentz? Carson yeah. Wentz first game back off injury. Well, it goes with yeah, it goes back with what we've been we've been talking about the Eagles. I mean, I don't even have them winning the division. You know? No, I, yeah. So uh, I do have. I'm going to have the Saints finishing second. I'll have the Falcons finishing third. But, but I think the, all, they're all going to make the playoffs. See, I think, I think that's the difference here. I think, I think that's the thing. So, was there anything else you wanted to cover there? No, I just uh, want everyone out there in fantasy football land to know. I'm going to say this now and I'm going to say it loud. Feel free to draft Peyton Barber in the ninth round. Feel free. You remember when Jacquez Rogers had his year? Now imagine a bigger back. Jones is going to need help. Imagine a bigger back. Jones is not even a start. You didn't know that? No. Um, yeah. I thought for sure he would Coder said, Coder, Coder came out and said, Peyton Barber is playing like a starting running back. He said, Jones is not guaranteed this job. He said he's not guaranteed this job. It's all about who's winning the job. And so far, through two games, Rojo can't even pick up a block assignment if you paid him $10,000. He could still start, though. I would it's be. Not, it's not official. I would be very surprised. That's like saying that's like saying Nick Chubb's going to start, and not, and that's not. I'm not comparing Carlos Hyde to Peyton Barber. I'm just I'm comparing preseason preseason uh, successes. So let's just say this: if you were making decisions, you would be starting Peyton Barber. One hundred percent. If I want to win games, it, it is. It, 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 it's nothing against Rojo. It's just he's not looking ready, mm-hmm. which, which is fine to be a complimentary back. And then he pulls an Alvin Kamara, you know, and just busts yeah. On the let's, scene. Not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I'm trying to be faithful for the poor guy because as a Bucks fan, I've already I've already read him off. You know, (laughs) I don't want to break his heart. Spend enough time on that. Let's go ahead and move over to college. Here we have one more conference to break down before we give our New Year's Six 
predictions next week, and we give our playoff predictions next week. Yes. Should be exciting, but we have one more to break down for you, and that is the Southeastern Conference. And that's the Goliaths of all conferences. It might not be the strongest from top to bottom, but everyone knows it's definitely the best. And this year is the most annoying year ever ever for SEC football, especially if you're a SEC purist. Um, what I mean by saying that is I want to see a, a bunch of good games, a lot of competition. Uh, we don't know who the winners will be. You would be a fool to, to wholeheartedly put solid money on any teams outside of Alabama and outside of Georgia. Yeah, and I just kind of want to start there because the odds really speak, speak the truth. You know, we talked about the Big Ten a couple of days ago where, where we saw five teams that could win the conference. Here, I only see two. In my, in my opinion, okay? I have a couple of reasons for that. But let's just look at the odds. Alabama's sitting at minus 120 to win the conference. That's not even to win the division. Yeah. To win the conference, they're sitting at minus 120. <laughs> That's insane. Yes. And then you've got Georgia at plus 190. I'll take those odds, by the way. I think that's pretty of solid. Of course, that's great Good odds. Good value. Yeah. But then after that, I'm not putting money on anybody. No. Auburn's at plus 650. And I'm going to tell you right now, Auburn's not winning the SEC. Then you've got Mississippi State. Right there's the drop-off. Plus 1,000. Plus 1,000? Oh, you're going to really put your money on Fitzgerald? No. Florida's a plus 1,000, LSU Absolutely plus 1,500, and then from there, it just kind of really falls Can off. I tell you one thing? Out of all those teams you, you listed after Georgia, the only team I would feel comfortable is a team you didn't even list, and that's South Carolina, who gets Jake Brantley back, on a, uh, has a great defense, and a very favorable schedule. Yeah. Debo Samuel could be a top 15 player yeah. uh, in the draft this upcoming year, and... I'm glad you brought that up. I think one of the biggest games in the conference this year is Georgia at South Carolina. Yes. I think South Carolina gets Georgia at home, yeah. too. It's great. And I think that is going to tell us where the East is. Yes. Like, at, at this moment, that's going to set, you know, there's a lot of tone-setting games, I feel like. Yep. That's going to be one for the SEC East. Where is Georgia this year? Are they ready to dominate the division again, or are they going to have some competition? If they go in there and win that game by three scores, we know what's going to happen. Yep. 12-0. Here's why Auburn's not going to win the conference. Talk about the schedule. Please tell me you're yeah. going to talk about the schedule. Yes. Three road games at Georgia, at Alabama, and at Mississippi State. And how did they get? How is that happening? Let's how say is the conference letting that happen. Well, let's say they only lose one of those games. Sure. Then they end the season. I'm just kidding. Well, they would end the season in Atlanta. In Atlanta, to play one of them again. That's what. Well, how many losses is that? Two probably, losses. Probably Georgia. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. If they only win one. I mean, two uh, conference losses is not going to be enough to win. Either of these divisions. No. Both conference uh, champions will have one loss, I think. Well, okay, hold on. Minimum. No. Maximum. 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 maximum I was like, holy yeah. shit. Maximum, because you and I already talked about this earlier in the week. I remember I was texting you because I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I think there's a very real possibility that Bama and Georgia could be 12-0 going. I think so, too. Miles, I was looking at these schedules. Okay. I don't call a spade a spade. Alabama has a damn easy schedule. We get we get Texas A&M at home, Missouri at home. I think Drew Locks will be a lot better than a lot of people are thinking, even to, even despite his coach going to UC, I mean his uh, coordinator going to UCF. We have Mississippi State at home. We finish the season at Auburn at home. We play Ole Miss on the road, but this is not the same Ole Miss team. This 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 Ole Miss team is still building. We play LSU um, in Baton Rouge. Not our typical team. I'm not an Ogeron fan at but all. See, Bama never struggles with LSU. No. We always think they're going to struggle with LSU. They always hype it up to be a big game. And then they always dominate because the talent isn't there for the Tigers. Miles, you know, what do you think about when you think about Alabama football? I think about a dominant defense dominant. and controlling the game. This is going to be the first time that I can ever remember. It might be the first time since back when we had like Joe Namath. I, I, I can't even like think that far. 
that we've had an offense this great. Regardless of who starts at quarterback, we have three running backs who would be starters on 90% of the teams in the country. We have a guy returning at David Harris who has had, what, multiple three back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. We have Najee Harris who came out as either, the depending on which rankings, the one or two running back slash player in the nation. We have Josh Jacobs who surprisingly wasn't even highly touted and now he's challenging Najee for the second string. We have a slew of, get this Miles, sophomore receivers who played a bigger impact on this season last year than any of our Junior and senior receivers. Jerry Judy's one of those, right? Jerry Judy. Huge impact. The guy who caught the the, the, the the touchdown to win the game, Dante Smith. I mean, Devontae Smith. You know what's also great about this? We got Henry Ruggs, the touchdown machine. I think it was his first five catches. Might be four, might be five. I'm, I know, I'm just I'm kind of going off memory. We're for touchdowns. A week from tomorrow when you're in Camping World Stadium and the Bama offense takes the field, which quarterback is taking the field? Wow. This is tough. I'm putting you on the spot. Miles, you know, I already know what Saban's going to do. He's going to play a series with one quarterback, a series with another quarterback, a series with a quarterback, a series with another quarterback. And I think he's going to do just like he did two years ago. I think Jalen will not start. He will give the nod to the to the throwing quarterback like he did Remember that game? That was the USC game. Yep. I remember, if I remember that correctly, yeah. on on the neutral field because yep. he played two quarterbacks. Yep. And then the second Jalen comes in, he lights he it up. He solidified because, himself as the yeah. starter. And I think this, he's going to be the exact same thing. So he's going to look for somebody to get ahead. Yes. And it, the edge. I think that Jalen Hurts, regardless of how great Tua plays, Jalen Hurts will have the best game that he's had ever because he's the he's like okay he was too comfortable he was way too comfortable. Mm-hmm. He was doing what was done to win, but in Alabama, you don't do what's necessary to win. You you do more than that, or or you have to meet these lofty expectations. Um, I was watching that uh, Trading Days or whatever it's called, Rolling with the Tide from ESPN, and uh, Saban even described him, and all the players described him. True, you got the fiery Tua Hawaiian punch, you know, in your face, the frantic guy, great arm, but then you got Jalen Hurts. Call- calm and collected but he always gets the job done because he knows there's never a time to panic and you know what one thing this is the first time Jalen Hurts has had a actual QB coach this season this offseason I wouldn't be surprised I've watched some of the passes in the practices and they were different it's a different Jalen but we know he can make the throws it's about game instincts and let's hope that his QB coach taught him that and I'm still on the Jalen train You'll, you'll like this. I had the Alabama-Mississippi State game from last year on my DVR. This was yesterday. I, I re-watched the fourth I quarter was there. of that game. <laughs> you were there. And, I, okay, so I'm thinking to myself, Jalen won that game with big throws and big runs. Yes. And he did it with what you just said, that game instinct. Jay, we know Jalen has that. Yes. So I guess my point is, is that in that situation, I don't know if Tua would be able to win. That was a tough environment that night. Yes. Extremely tough environment. Jalen had the gall to lead his team, not get rattled. All right? You throw Tua into the national championship game. Number one, it's a neutral field. Yeah. Number two, I know it, that it's the biggest stage, but he had absolutely nothing to lose. Exactly. We know that Jalen can win 
just with his athleticism, with his leadership ability. Yep. Tua would have to win it with his arm. And that's where it concerns me. We might see Aaron throws. Picks. We might see him trying to force something. I mean, we don't know, Brad, because we haven't seen we him haven't play seen that it. much. The only thing, Miles, I want to say, I've watched a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of his high school film because, you know, I heard about him coming to Alabama a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I, as he set, he set, he set, um, Alabama State record, set records in Hawaii. The only, the, I'm a, okay, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell the world, they know I'm on Jalen's train. I, if I want, like me personally as a fan, I'm picky Jalen. I like everything about him. I know he's not going to make mistakes. I don't have to worry. But Miles, part of me wants to see, this is the best receiving core we have ever had. Hands down. Even, I didn't even mention Irv Smith at tight end, who looked phenomenal, who's been looking phenomenal in practices. This is the best receiving core that we have ever had. I want to see what can happen. You know, and maybe it might take a game where, uh, you know, Jalen doesn't even need to play. They can play some, some nobody. I just want to see what happens. Yeah. How many yards could Tua go for in an entire game? That is it. All right, so here's the summary. Alabama's going to be really, really good this year. Yes. Let's, uh, let's talk about Georgia just for a second because okay. I think, do we both have Alabama and Georgia playing for the SEC title? I absolutely do. I, I 100% do. Uh I don't think Georgia is going to take as far a step back this year as everybody thinks they are because they're so loaded with talent. I think DeAndre Swift is going to pick up right where Chubb and Michelle left off. I don't think Georgia's going to take that big of a step back, and it's not because of them being so loaded. I think they don't take a step back that much because a year when you have your two best running running backs in, outside of Todd Gurley in history, you know, almost, mm-hmm. and Herschel Walker— they also are losing uh, Lorenzo Carter and uh, Roquan Smith. But this is a great situation for them that this is probably one of the easiest schedules they've had in a very long time. That helps them. The East is weak. The only team, the only game that I'm concerned about them for them in SEC play is at South Carolina. They get out there unscathed. They're undefeated. You're right, because South Carolina is the only program in the East right now with any consistency. Yeah. Florida's got a new coach. Missouri's got a new coach. Yep. Right? Yeah. Missouri. Missouri, yeah Missouri, they got a new OC. Yeah. A, a new offensive coordinator. Um, and Mississippi State. Well, they're in the West. I was thinking Tennessee. Tennessee's got a new, new coach. coach. So yep. the, the, there's a lot of uncertainty in the East right now as far as stability and coaches. South Carolina's got the best chance to beat them. Um, and whether or not it's from or Fields, I, I don't think they're going to take a step back at quarterback. I think Fields is better. I think Fields is better. Different uh, kind of quarterback. Yeah. but Two out of three of their top receivers coming back. Yep. Um, they still Riley Ridley's such a beast. So, as far as the odds go, now, I will tell you that I do have Bama winning the SEC. Okay. But I think Georgia can compete with them on a neutral field. Can I tell you this, though? And I've already made a decision, so you're not talking me out of it. Okay. Because I made this decision uh, earlier in the week. I just wanted to make sure I got to uh, the weekend with some money in my my gambling account because I had a rough couple days. I am putting money on South Carolina to win the East this year. Okay. So, uh, are you banking that they beat Georgia at home? I yes. Feel like that's, I, think, I feel like they that's what I'm banking on. And, and I will know if they're going to win the East early or not. And, and, and don't say that's not me saying that no, Georgia is going to not well, going to win. That's the thing. It, there's a difference between predicting something and, and then putting your money on value. Yeah. That's that's the difference there. Um. So I so I totally understand where you're coming from. I have no problem with that because I think that slowly. I think Will Muschamp is becoming a very underrated coach. Very underrated, especially country. because his problems at Florida were he was right. put put on a bad team. Yeah, he's building a good program, and I, I hope to see that South Carolina take a step forward. 
Um, they can already be in that discussion. I believe they had three or four 10-win seasons yeah. un- under the old ball coach, Spurrier. So uh, we know that program has the resources. Um, but also, I was going to say, I know you're not as high on Florida this year, but I really like Dan Mullen coming in, and I think he's going to do really good things for the program. They needed an offensive-minded guy. Uh, somebody who could do a lot more with a lot less. But the thing at Florida is he's not going to have to do that. He's going to be working with five and four-star recruits now. Yeah, I think that – and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Felipe Franks takes a step forward. I'm not even – I wouldn't either. I'm not even worried about that freaking young cat coming. That Emory freshman, Emory, dude, he looked yeah. trash no, in the Under Armour game. I think Felipe Franks will, will take a step forward. Yeah. I mean, he, he proved that he can have some big moments. He had the Hail Mary pass against Tennessee. Yeah. Um. So – and uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. That was that was Felipe who threw that hail mary, right, last year. It wasn't Del Rio. Yeah, trash well, he, Rio. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so and then one more thing here. I wanted to talk about Auburn because I'm not putting Auburn down. No. Jared Stidham is an, is an exceptional quarterback. He's coming back. Really good passer. He's got all his receivers yeah, coming back. Yeah, receivers are coming back. Um, they do have a couple injuries at receiver. Not sure if they're going to come back 100 healthy. Um, but they lost most of their offensive line. Yes. In the SEC West, that's almost impossible uh, to replace. And also, they don't have a clear-cut option at running back. Um, they lost a little bit on defense. And they have those road games. Also, let me just put out there, because we're probably going to talk about this next week when we give our overall predictions, but I've got Washington beating Auburn in the first game. They start the season. They start the season against the Pac-12 favorite. Versus a team who I think is going to be that fourth spot in the playoffs. Yeah, so, you know, and that, that's a non-conference game. But it can still set the tone for their season, uh, losing that game. I just don't think that they can compete with Alabama or Georgia. I think last year they could because they got them both at home. I think them playing at Mississippi State is going to be very t- a lot a tougher than too. a lot of people are going to think. Yeah. I think they're going to be another three-loss team. Yeah. Yep. So I think that uh, from a betting perspective, I think Georgia gives you your most value at plus yes. 190. That's, that, for me, that's the money pick because that gives you the most value. I don't, think you're ha- I don't think you're getting any value with Alabama minus 120. Um, but I do have them winning the SEC. Yes, I do too as well. Uh, my buddy's going to Alabama, obviously. Um, I don't care regardless of value or not. I'm not betting against my own team unless the odds are crazy good. Like, let's say if Georgia was sitting at plus 300, I'll put a friendly wager on Georgia. I, I did that last year um, for the national championship. I put money on Alabama and Georgia. So I ended up winning, I ended up winning a little bit less than if Georgia would have won, I would have won a lot more. But at the end of the day, I was like, I'll be happy to break even if Alabama wins the national championship. I'll pay for Alabama to win the national championship. And with that, uh, we have to, we have broken down all the conferences. Yes, we have all the conferences are out. Go on our Instagram. That's uh, best of the house, and you will could see our rundowns. We're gonna have we have two more to load up, but they will be up next week. Uh, we are going to do our New Year's Six Bowl predictions. We are going to do our college football playoff predictions. Really exciting stuff. Uh, and we're also going to finish up the NFL. I believe we have the AFC West. And the NFC West left. That's it. Yep. And then we'll get our NFL predictions in the week after. And that will conclude the summer of football. Guys, if you don't know already, we I, we gave out a free pick on our uh, on our channel. We have a YouTube channel. It's Welcome to the House. Just go to YouTube, subscribe. We're going to give out free picks. And I'm never going to give out our free pick and tell you which one's going on the YouTube channel on this podcast. Because I want you to actually go and watch the video. So just know that we'll have free picks up there. We're going to do at least one college, at least one pro every weekend. Uh, except preseason. I'm not telling you to bet on preseason. That's dumb. Agreed. I will I will second that. <laughs> With that being said, I did put a bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight just because we're going to be fantasy drafting watching that. But uh, thank you guys for being great because fans. You're a and, and I'm a degenerate. I, I haven't bet in three days. Oh, okay. Surprising. Yeah, right. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Thanks. Thanks.